Simplified Chaos, episode 105. Life is beautiful and full of chaos. And it can get slightly out of hand if that shit's not tamed. We're here to share how to simplify the little things to help you lead a more intentional life. This is Simplified Chaos. Wonderful friends, welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, one of your hosts, and I'm with my husband and co-host Nicholas. What's going on, folks? Hope you all are having an amazing week. We've got another great episode here for you today, a interview episode, or an interview episode. Jilly, who'd you talk to this week? I was so grateful to have the time and pleasure to chat with Janae Cecilia, who I found on Instagram, and I don't remember how it was initiated, but all I know is that I was attracted to her words. She is a best-selling author of eight books that she self-published herself, y'all. This shit's awesome. It's so inspiring, and she's so humble and just Ugh, I just you feel like home when you listen to her voice. She's just very soothing and down to earth. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe her. Her her voice sounds like her words, like when you read them. It just it soothes your soul. I mean, in my opinion. But um, you're gonna get to hear about you know her her life story, her highs and lows that she's faced. You know, we like to keep it real, and I I like to hear you know the good, the bad, and the ugly, and how she persevered along the way, and then what her support system looks like to keep her going. And, you know, I always love to hear what a typical day looks like in different people's lives. Right. You know, just to hear, you know, the routines, the rituals, and it's just fascinating to me just to hear um, other people's habits and rhythms in life. So yeah, I mean, and so much more goodies are going to be in this episode. So I really hope you guys enjoy this phenomenal conversation that I was able to have with her. She is just Ugh, just so much good stuff wrapped in a bow. Love it so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. So without further ado, here we go with our interview with Janae. Yay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Simplify Chaos. This is Jillian, and I'm so excited to interview with Janae Cecilia. Thank you for coming on the podcast and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So, I, we haven't done an interview in quite some time, and I'm super pumped to um, initiate this. And I don't need—I didn't even tell you, Janae. This is the first time I'm leaving the video on. Usually, we shut off the camera. Oh, because supposedly the sound is better. But honestly, I like seeing the face to face. Like I'm—I'm I'm getting more comfortable with it. Before, I was like, yeah, I don't want anyone to see me. But now I'm like, right. <laughs> I love seeing your expressions and just seeing you because I feel like we're more in person, which is what I would truly like to be um, in person, but obviously we're, we're going to roll with the punches with what life's throwing us. Um, But yeah, so before we dive into your story and about you, uh, we usually start the podcast off just with gratitude. So if there's one thing that you're like truly grateful for right now in this moment, um, what would that be today? Mm, Yeah, I would say, I mean, I feel like within the last year, I've just kind of learned that gratitude can be like very, what was once thought of as like very simple things. Like it's like, now I'm just like, oh, I'm grateful to like wake up and like, and not that like having a job is simple, but like wake up and like still have a job and wake up and still have like, you know, stuff to do. And like, I'm, I'm busy. Like, and like, that's something I've been saying lately when I'm, you know, 
starting to be like, oh, I'm so, so busy. I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm so grateful to be busy because right now it's like a time of like people not being busy or not having things to do. And so um, I'm just really grateful to like have things to be showing up for each day that I'm excited about. And like, whether it's this podcast or um, writing a book or writing a poem, just having something that I can show up for each day. And like, I'm excited to um, get the day started for. That's a great way to turn it around and just find the silver lining. Um, I, I find myself doing the same thing, like when there's times where, um, so I'm a teacher too. So when I can feel myself, like the kids are just like super talkative and I'm like, oh my gosh, my brain's going to explode. But I'm like, I'm grateful that I have this job that I'm able right. to like speak with kids, like motivate them, inspire them and even learn from them. Like it just gratitude always seems to like come full circle and help ground me and instead of complain, it's like find the light in the situation. So I love that so much. Um, yeah. um, I'm going to be super obvious. I'm grateful that you're taking the time to do this with me and sit down. Um, again, we, we kind of, I'm meeting so many amazing people on Instagram. I know a lot of people have kind of negative things sometimes to say about social media, but Instagram is truly that platform that I found that I am loving so much because it is just helping me to connect with amazing humans like yourself and be that weird person. It's like, Hey, I know we're kind of strangers, but can I chat with you and just find out more about your life and your story? Cause you're inspiring. So thank you for just saying yes to doing this and then taking the time and attention to sit down. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I always love when people like message me or like, Hey, like, this is my plan. Like, do you want in? Like, it's just so much <laughs> easier than like, them like being like, Hey, can I ask you a question? And then like, I forget, you know, mm. so when someone just is like, Hey, this is my whole like thing. Are you in? I'm like, yes, sure. That sounds great. <laughs> and I am so, so I checked on your Instagram really quick just cause I'm like that mm -hmm. weird creeper. And I noticed that <laughs> you, you have some really cool things coming and I'm so excited to dive into them and just hear more about things that are coming with you. But I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. You can see, like, I just want to get into like juicy stuff, but the story is yeah. honestly my favorite part. So if you wouldn't mind just starting there, just, you know, sharing your story, how you got to be where you are today and just living the life of, because our, our podcast is all about like intention, living on purpose. And we know like mm -hmm. the world is beautiful and it's freaking crazy sometimes, but the fact that people are carving their way and paving their way for the life they want and making those intentional steps and decisions. I just find it so fascinating hearing how every path is different and everyone has their own thing that lights them up. So if you wouldn't mind, you can start from anywhere at any time, just as you can share as much as you want, as little as you want. So um, please ramble away and just share it all. <laughs> yeah. So um, the story kind of starts out with, well, I write poetry books. And so from a young age, I've been really interested in writing and always kind of had a, a goal of mine to be an author. Um, I just didn't really know what that would look like, what type of books I would write, genre, anything like that. But um, throughout high school, I would just kind of like jot down my own little like quotes or thoughts that come to my mind and like my, like the margins of my notebooks. And um, when I got into college, I had this collection of poetry or what I didn't know was poetry, I guess. I just thought it was like rambling thoughts of mine, <laughs> which maybe some would still call it that. But um, I had all this stuff and I was like, oh gosh, like I would love to write a book. But like one thing to know about me is like, I'm a really like impatient person. And I really like to have like control of what's going on in my life. And so the idea of 
you know, composing a book and sending it off to a publishing house and then waiting to hear a response. And in most cases, like if it's a no, they don't ever send a response. So it's kind of like one of those things where you might hear from us in like nine months, but also you might not. And so I was like, forget that. How can I do this on my own? (laughs) And so I had been following a couple of people that I had saw that had self-published and I was like, I had nothing about it. I didn't really know anybody talking about it. Um, And so I had sent both of those people a message on Instagram, just saying like, Hey, like, what did you do? Um, Or like, how did you do this? Cause it was like so foreign. I feel like it was like very foreign at this time. Cause that was in like 26, 2015, I was starting to ask questions and the self-publishing world was there, but it wasn't as big as it is now. And so neither of them responded. (laughs) So I just did my own research of like lots of trial and error and like deep diving and calling. And um, I found a platform that was owned by Amazon called CreateSpace, which it's now called Amazon KDP, which stands for Kindle Direct Publishing, um, where they basically, we will, you can upload your document or your your file on there you upload your cover file and then they print and distribute the book so it's like this really cool way of you know being able to get your work out there for no real investment if you don't want to I mean I paid for like editors and the cover artists but the platform itself is free to use obviously they're just taking a percentage of what it takes to print and distribute the book but I mean that that only makes sense so I published my first book, Bright Minds, Empty Souls, in April of 2016 using that platform. And it was like a total flop because I priced it at like 20 bucks. I had no following or anyone interested in reading my book. Like, I don't know who I really think back and I'm like, who did I think was going to be buying this? Like, I'm just thoroughly confused. And so it was like four months in. And I remember I sold like maybe 10 copies which is nice, but it's probably all my family. And so I was like, okay, I need to re-strategize. I don't have any sort of like following. I don't have, um, you know, a whole lot of money. Um, you know, I just want to build up credibility for my name and be able to put out something that people aren't feeling like they're investing a lot to read. So I came up with the idea of having just like a short little poetry book. It was like 70 pages and I wanted it to be about positivity and like encouragement because a lot of the poetry books I was reading were all about like heartbreak and love and kind of just like down in the dumps type of stuff. And so I really wanted to write something like uplifting. And when you opened it, you felt like encouraged. And so I came up with the idea of my book called Uncaged Wallflower. And this was in, I released it in October of 2016. I made it shorter and cheaper. It was only $5 and 50 cents. And in the first month I had sold 300 copies and it was the number one best-selling book on Amazon and inspirational poetry for like two years straight and then from there each month I started selling more and more and more to the point where I had gotten like four months in and I think I was selling a thousand copies of it a month and I was just like what is going on one because going back I was a full-time nanny while I was doing this a full-time college student and I honestly was just writing books for like extra money or just as a passion project. It wasn't like I expected this to become a career anytime soon. And yeah, so that, that happened. And then from there, um, I just started gaining a lot of traction with stuff that I was posting on Instagram. People showed interest. 
And um, I had got offered a couple publishing deals from people who wanted to take on my work. But then I was just like, nope, I'm just going to do the self-publishing route. So from there, um, I have self-published a total of eight books over the course of, what would that be? Going on five years, um, all poetry. And um, yeah, from there I've done like, I do speaking events now. Um, I, I help other people learn how to kind of, you know, do this, do something similar, uh, whether it's, you know, how to create like an Instagram following around your, your passion or whether it's how to self-publish a book um, doing things like that. And so, yeah, now I'm here and I'm writing my ninth book, which is crazy. And it's just been like quite a journey. <laughs> That's crazy. And it's, it's weird how it did kind of come full circle, how you reached out to people on how to do what you're already doing. And now you get to be the person to like help others do that and respond and guide them through that process. So it's kind of funny how that just kind of like, now you're the expert in being right. able to do that. And wow, that's amazing how like you're turning down publishers now. Like, no, this is, this is working for me. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's not that I, I don't have a problem with like being with a publisher. I just haven't really found the right reason to mm. like, I'm not having any, I really like doing it the way I have it because like, for instance, like I just decided a couple months ago that, or a month ago that I want to release this ninth book. And if I had a publisher, they'd be like, well, girl, you got to get on the roster. Like you can release it next winter or something. And for me, I'm like, no, I need to like do it. Like I need to do it right now. And so I just personally know with like how I am as a person, I don't know if it would ever work for me to like give up that control of when I can release something that's just like in my brain. Cause like once I have it and it's there, like I just like have to put it out. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense because, you know, you said how you like to have a lot of control and this way it's like, this is your baby. Like you get to decide when and where, like how you want to distribute it, what it looks like. And you don't have any overhead of people like, no, sorry, it's not the best time. And like, how do they know what's best for you, honestly? And it sounds like you've been throwing paint on the wall for a while. Like, I don't know if this is going to stick, but I want to do it anyway. And I love that so much because it's like, you have no fear. Like, even if it doesn't make sense to like everyone else, it's like, I'm doing it anyway. So I just, I think that's so magical how that happened. Um, are you, did you end up finishing school? Are you still in school or did you decide to drop out? Like what happened? Um, yeah. So I was in school for um, organizational communications. I got my degree. Um, I graduated the same semester that I had released Uncaged Wallflower. So luckily, I mean, I only had a semester left when like things really started like picking up. Um, but I would not have like left because it's like, oh my gosh, I spent this much money and I'm like literally here. So if I didn't finish like the one semester, it would have just been like a pointless four years of work. But yes, so I did finish my degree. Um, it is not in writing, even though people are always like, oh, do you have a degree in writing? Nope, I do not. <laughs> Communications. <laughs> <laughs> Again, when I started college, my brain was not thinking like, hey, you could actually like have a career out of being an author. Because I think that's like one of the things that people get fed a lot is like any sort of creative, like job in the creative industry is kind of like a side hobby. Like that's something you can do like on the weekends or when you have a free minute, but like viewing it as your full-time job or something that you spend most of your time doing is like crazy to people. They're like, that's not going to work. Like how do you make money selling books or how do you make money being speaker or a painter or whatever it is. 
A hundred percent agreed. I remember I, I loved art so much. Like we, I mean, I don't know how good my work was back then, but it would always be like in the showcases and my mom would be like so excited. And, you know, in fifth grade, you know, you get to walk on the stage and say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I told mom, I was like, I want to be an artist. And my mom was like, no, you can't say that because artists don't make any money. So you're going to be an x-ray technician. And I was like, I have no idea what the fuck that is. <laughs> But I'm what is anyway that? because my mommy told me to. So right. it's it's weird how unconsciously we were primed at a young age and even going throughout public school, uh, how I was taught that that's not a career. Again, that's awesome that you you do that and that you enjoy it. But I was always programmed to be like, that's not the end goal because you can't make money doing that. Instead of if that's your passion, like go with it, like keep following that. So mm-hmm. I think that's amazing that, that you even had those stories told to you, but you were still like, like, I'm going to do it anyway. So, cause that's, what's lighting you up. Um, do you yeah. think college or any of the courses you took are helping you now with what you're doing? Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say that because, you know, as I pay a student loan mm. payment every month, I tell my boyfriend, we met in college. I'm like, I honestly feel like I'm paying for like the most expensive dating app because like we, like, I feel like that's the only thing I truly got out of it was like yeah. us meeting there. So I'm like, oh my God, here's another $200 a month to, because of you, you know, whatever. But <laughs> um, there are certain things that I feel like I got out of it. My school in particular um, was like, a, it, it was meant for people who were also working. So it was like night classes. And so it really structured me to like understand like how to um, basically like fit things into a day where it wasn't like my whole day didn't revolve around going to classes. It was like I went to one class at night for like three hours, not like, you know, I met in classes from eight to four and maybe have like a couple breaks in between. It was just a different style. And so I feel like it really prepared me for like what would be real life, you know, when you have like a job and a family and things like that. Um, but as far as like the classes themselves go, I don't, honestly, I don't think I could go and apply for a job in communications because I'm not exactly certain. I know like what that would look like, Mm -hmm. because I only had to take like six courses to be qualified for this degree. Like the rest were all like electives. And then they were like, and you need to take this six classes or these six classes. And you are now (laughs) have a bachelor's degree in communications. And I was like, wow, I really hope, like, luckily I'm not like a doctor or something like that. Something that's like serious because (laughs) if you threw me out in like corporate world right now, I'm not sure if I would exactly know what to do. I feel you. Mm -hmm. It's just like one of those things where I feel like it's more, um, it's more of like comfort for the companies you work for to know that you have a degree than like if they know if you actually know what you're talking about and again like I'm someone where if I would tell my kids I don't know if I would encourage them to go to college I'd be like just do your passion because in this day and age it's like I feel like you could probably figure out how to do it online without having to spend all like this money unless you're going to again be like a doctor or a lawyer or something that (laughs) needs schooling Absolutely. My husband calls it YouTube university. You don't need college. There's YouTube. You can learn anything you want to do just by going on YouTube besides like, you know, obviously surgery and all that fun stuff. Who knows? Maybe that would be on YouTube one day. Let me show you how to do brain surgery. Oh my God. I hope not. Uh, But I am sitting in that same boat with you with college. It's just like, you know, I, I feel like as a teacher, I 
you know, learning about child development was important. I think I learned more in my first year of teaching than I've ever learned because it was like, you're thrown in there. You have to figure it out. You know, in college, you're not interacting with kids. You're not interacting with like classroom (laughs) management at all, which is like the the biggest obstacle that I faced when I first started in the real world with my new job. But like, I 100% agree. Um, uh, We have a daughter, Lucille. She is two years old. And, you know, Nick and I always have this conversation that, we're going to save money for her, but she has to pitch us with what she wants to do in her life. So whether that's start a business or, you know, you know, whatever it is, if she wants to go to college, we're going to make that choice for her. But like, she's got to pitch us her idea and give us her reasons why she, you know, she wants to do that. Cause we're like, we're totally open to, and I, I think there's a shift too, like you said, with college, like, I think it's like a safety net now more than ever. Like people are scared that if they don't have it, like what's going to happen. Right. I love that. I need to write that down to tell my kids because <laughs> I've been thinking of like a way to like say it without being like, oh, like I just want to like support what they're doing, but like not, I don't know, but not like discourage anything. Yeah. But also like not just be like, well, I have nothing for you to offer, like nothing to offer you when you like <laughs> when they hit 18. Yeah. And like we're still figuring it out. Like parenting is like the biggest roller coaster for us and it's really fun. But, um, it definitely gets you thinking about what you value now and like, how do you want to instill that in your kids, but still allow them to choose what they want. So it's like, we're trying to provide options and at least voice our values, but still give them, give her choice. And like what she wants, even as a two-year-old, like we're those parents that are just like, all right, you know, you can have fruit snacks, but you know, like it's just with everything it's, (laughs) it's so fun. Um, But listening to your story, I mean, I know there have had to been challenges, you know, pushbacks. Like I heard some of them about like your book not selling. So I guess the challenges you did face along the way, if there was any other ones that you faced and then like, how did you overcome them? And did you have any kind of support through that as well? Yeah, I think my, one of my biggest challenges has been trying to replicate the success of like my first or well my second book but the first book that was successful um I didn't think it would be so so successful and then after that releasing each book after it and not having it do nearly as well I was like it's it's like I mean honestly it's like when you go and see like a movie and like you're like oh the sequel is never as good I was like oh my god like I'm gonna be like a one-hit wonder I'm gonna have like one book and the rest are gonna like they, they sell but they don't sell like what this one sells like or what I thought they would sell like mostly too because I was just so passionate about each book following that like I liked them more than my other book that I would just get so defeated when it was like oh I'd look at the numbers like honestly I look I look at my book numbers like my sale numbers like it's like the stock market for me so I'm like always like looking at it and being like I had to like get to a point where I was like you need to stop because like it's not healthy to be like (laughs) looking at it so much but I I just felt like I could hit such a high so fast that when you come down from that and like, are like, wait, but like what happened? And like, how do I get back to that again? How do I get, keep releasing books that people are interested in? Um, that was like a really like rocky time where I, I honestly was like, oh, maybe like I just shouldn't do this anymore. Like I just kept releasing a book after book wanting the same success and it was not getting there. And so I remember when I released um, my book, Losing Myself Brought Me Here, it was my seventh book and I released it in summer of 2019. And it did okay. But I honestly was like, I remember telling my boyfriend, like, this is it. This is going to be like the big one. Like, 
this is going to be the best. And then like, it just did. Okay. I was like, Oh, I was like, maybe I shouldn't write anymore. Cause I'm at eight. Maybe I should take like 10 years off or whatever and find a different hobby or career um, that I'm interested in. And again, it was like one of those things where it was like, I was selling copies, but it wasn't to the level that I knew my peers were selling or whatever. And so it wasn't until this year um, when I released, just unexpectedly again, <laughs> released my newest book, The Sun Will Rise and So Will We. Um, I had first released that as like a 99 cent ebook. And it was only like, I don't even know, 40 pages. This was last April, right when quarantine had started. <clears throat> and I decided quickly to turn it into a paperback because people were really liking it. And it like, again, in July, when I released it, it started having the like success that I had been like wanting and being like, I just wanted to like prove myself right or prove my, prove to myself that like I could, I, it wasn't just like a one-off thing. Like it wasn't just like, Oh, this happened to resonate with like a lot of people in a way that like the rest don't. And yeah, it's crazy. Cause that book now this month or last month sold triple of what Uncaged Wallflower was selling, which Uncaged Wallflower is still like the second in, in as far as like books go um, with sales. But yeah, it, I, I honestly almost had like a moment of like, oh, okay, I think I could like retire <laughs> with just like the nine or with the eight. But then I had an idea for a ninth, so that plan was over. Yeah. But it was just like a rocky journey. And I feel like any author or anybody that's doing like a creative field, it's definitely not like a one, like it's not like a, okay, I have a book, it's doing well. And like, and like that's it. Because like even if you have your one book and it's doing well, you always still kind of want more. And it's hard to like, get the more you know it's like one of those things where just mentally it like messes with you knowing like okay I need to like I need to do something like that or have something like that or or be better or write better but like I don't know how to how to do that or why people were interested in this one but not these ones or why people you know like this poem but not that poem Mm. I don't know (laughs) would you say that you more write for yourself or do you do you think you more write for like this season of how you think other people are feeling or is it kind of like a mash in between you know your feelings and then also how you feel like most people are feeling at the moment I mostly just go based off of my feelings um I feel like anytime I tried to like write based on what I thought people wanted to hear it just Mm. never sounded good like I was saying the other day to someone how I wrote this poem recently about um like it was basically about procrastination and how I, you know, look at the shampoo bottle that's empty in my shower, but like, I won't throw it away. And I like, look at the dish in the sink with like the crusted sauce. And like, for some reason, like I can't get myself to wash it or like look at like my email inbox and it's like 113 messages. And like, I'm still like, Oh, I'll get to that tomorrow. And so like, I wrote this poem like for me, in like a time where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much going on, but I'm also doing nothing. And I thought it sounded so dumb. Like, I honestly was like, this poem sucks, like whatever. And I just like wrote it out on my Procreate, like my iPad and I put it up on my Instagram. And so many people were like, what are you like spying on my like thoughts? Like, and I was just like, for me, I was like, what? Like, I did not know people also had these thoughts. 
So it was just so interesting to see like me write such a specific poem and so many people were like, wait, that's like literally my life. And I was just like, that's crazy because (laughs) it's like too specific, but also apparently others feel that way. So um, I've just learned from even since that moment, even though that was only a couple months ago, I've really been like, just write what's like you feel like writing and not do not force anything. Even if it sounds stupid, apparently people like those type of poems. Because <laughs> it's real life. It's like right. things that people think all the time, but like they just don't say it out probably as eloquently as you did with the crust on the dishes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like when you're like truly authentic and like super vulnerable, even if it's about like your life, how it's like messy right now, you know, there's nothing feeling inspiring at the moment. I think a lot of people just connect to that. And I think that's why I love your work so much is, um, so I didn't read that poem, but I wish I did. Now I want to go back and see if I can find the post. Um, I think I just reposted it recently within like the last week. So it should be like at the top of my, one of my last few poems. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. And I'm going to buy your book, but PS, like I, <laughs> it even looks beautiful. Like just looking at it, I'm just like, it just, you want that on, if I had a coffee table, I want that like on display somewhere or to like put on a shelf in my wall. So that way, cause it's like a piece of art too. And oh, that um, makes me so happy to hear. Cause that's like my biggest thing as I was like, even if people don't like the words, like I just at least want to have a good cover. So like if they literally just throw it on their coffee table and no one looks at it, at least it's cute. Yeah. It's like, at least no. if, you did, if you didn't like it, it's like, it'll be a new piece of art for your room. Cause I'm really big into Hugue, like the atmosphere and decor now. And it's, yes. it's so light and minimal and it's, it's beautiful. So like Thank I said, you. I'm sure I'm going to love the words anyway, but you know, just saying if anyone's like, don't throw it away, <laughs> donate it, just put it on your wall and display it for right. other people to enjoy. Use it as a coaster or something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, would you say that, I know you mentioned your boyfriend, which how, how does your boyfriend like support you with, you know, when you have these struggles, you know, I guess, what does that look like? Cause I know, I think that your environment matters so much um, mm-hmm. when you do have those ups and downs with anything. So is there any way that he's there to kind of like, you know, cushion the fall or to like keep you going? Yeah. So he also, or when I met him, he, he has his own business. So he's an entrepreneur. So when I met him, I I had no idea what that word even meant. He's like, I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm like, what is that? Um, and, and now I am one, but he has his own business. So I feel like we both just get this lifestyle a lot and like understand like people, a people not understanding what the heck we're doing. And they're like, you guys are crazy. Um, where are your normal nine to five jobs? And you're like, 401k plan or whatever you get from like a traditional job that I feel like people throw out all the time um but he so with him having his own business I feel like it's such an easy way to we are able to like encourage each other and support each other even like when you know he's not sure about what he's doing I'm able to like support him and then vice versa and which is like kind of funny because we'll like say things to each other and I'm like we should just be taking our own advice but like (laughs) Like we just both go through these seasons of like uncertainty and like, what are we doing? And they're always at like separate times, I feel like too. And we're just like, it's okay. Like, let's just, you know, go with it. Cause I mean, even for instance, we started this um, randomly, randomly out of the blue during quarantine, started this like furniture flipping business and it's done like wildly well and (laughs) which was totally unexpected. But um, 
so anyway so we have that whole thing going on so now it's just been kind of fun because we're able to like play into all areas where it's like hey like you know tell me what your goals are for this or tell like what are our goals for this or what what am I like what are what am I doing with this and like where do we see our visions and um where do we see this going and what do we want to accomplish and how do we want to feel and um because that that's like the biggest thing I ask him all the time like did you think like I was gonna like be able to like do this author thing for this long and he was like honestly at first I was like I don't really know like it was it was like a rocky road and also he kind of knows I'm like someone who's like once I've mastered something or feel like I've mastered something I'm like okay what's next or like what can I do next I want to learn something new I don't want to like necessarily keep perfecting what I'm in and sometimes I'm just like let's go to the next thing um but he really keeps me on track with like staying focused on something that I'm really good at and not giving up on it or quitting it just because some days aren't as like fabulous as other days. I like how you said, you know, when you were talking about like, all right, what are our goals? And you said, how do you want to feel? I think that's a lot of things. That's a lot of time. You don't think about that aspect of your life. We were just doing an exercise and we actually did it live on our podcast last week. Cause I learned on another podcast about, well, someone called it day scripting. It's like a, a form of manifestation when you basically just write out and you can do it as often as you want. You write out what your perfect day would be like. And mm-hmm. they said to really emphasize how you feel because that's what really helps you connect with it and make it feel like it's already yours. And I thought that was so powerful because as I was writing it out, I'm like, I could smell the coffee in the morning or I could hear yeah. like my daughter, you know, playing next to me as I was like working or whatever. But I think that it's uh, like, I think we don't give enough credit to like the feeling we get when we do things versus mm-hmm. just the action itself. I think sometimes we think about like a to-do list or taking action, but we, a lot of times we forget that, like, how do you feel doing this? Like, are you just doing it to do it? Or like, are you lighting up? Are you getting that, you know, I think you can totally tell, and I'm sure you can attest to this, when you're doing something that like is super passionate to you, you just have like mm-hmm. this jolt of energy where like time flies by because you're just yeah. in the zone and you're creating. And I think more attention needs to be on the feeling. So I think that was an interesting question that you projected. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, thank you. I was even just saying that with like, as far as like with the new year and people doing vision boards and um, my boyfriend and I were talking about like what we want to put on it. I was like, honestly, vision boards are so hard for me to do because pictures like, like, I just know how I want to feel. I don't necessarily know like what house decor I want or car or whatever. I just want to like have, I just know a feeling I want. Like, I just want like to feel like this and not feel like that. So mm-hmm. if I could put that on my vision board in I mean, some way. There's another book for you, feeling manifestation. I think that's right. You know, you resonate more when you again, like I think typing is great, but when I was actually handwriting it, I don't know how what your um your process is, your creative process, if it's like you handwrite it first or you do it on your iPad or you type it on a computer, but there's something about handwriting it that just, I don't know, it just you automatically have that connection with your words versus just typing it on a computer. I know it's faster to type, but yeah. uh, like, what's your process like when you do write? I know I'm going totally off the. Yeah, no, no, but no, I'm like super to- intrigued. Oh no, that's totally fine. Um, I, I have, I do so many things. So, a lot of the times, if I'm like writing a, a book, like if I know, like, okay, I'm writing a poem that's potentially going to go on a book, I will do it on my computer just because I like to like be able to quick fix it. Um a lot of times though I get like ideas in like the worst times like when I can't have access to like a phone or 
my notebook or anything. So I do like a lot of like, if I'm in the car, I'll do like a lot of voice recording Mm. of like my thoughts. Because recently I was driving down the highway past the airport and um, the sun was rising. And I'm going to pull up the poem that I wrote. Um, Let me see here. Because it just like, it just resonated in that moment with like, I was just driving down there and I wrote this. It says, um, and while everything else seems to change, I find comfort in the sun rising and setting the same. And like, it just like came to me in that moment of like seeing this airplane landing. And I was like, oh, how weird would it be flying on an airplane right now because of what's going on? But then I was like looking as the sun was setting and I was like, like how weird is it that like no matter how weird or how much our world is changing like the sun still rises and the sun still sets and like that's like a consistent thing and so it like came to me as I was driving and I was like oh my gosh and I was so afraid I was gonna lose the thought that I was like scrambling for my phone I'm like voice memoing it to me and then like it wasn't recording and I was like oh my gosh like I need to pay attention to driving but if I lose this thought that will go crazy. Anyways, I remembered it. So that's one of the things I also do is like a lot of voice, voice memoing. I don't know if that's the right word, voicing, talking to my phone. <laughs> I literally wrote that exact quote down because I felt like that was like the perfect quote to, to like really like carry with you through this time, just because I feel like it just cradles my soul, no matter what's happening. Um, just like the simple things that are still there that I think sometimes we forget with all the chaos that's going on in the world, but you're, it's so true. Like that is just like a hug around my heart. Like I love it so much. And it's funny you say the voice memos thing, because that was another reason why I was so intrigued to talk to you because you took the time out of your life to voice memo me on Instagram, which I know people are like, well, that only takes like three seconds or, you know, but there's something about hearing someone else's voice specifically for you. And even if it's a simple, thank you, or, Hey, how's it going? And it's, you're, basically a complete stranger really. And I thought that was so warming, like, and so kind of you to like reach out. And I don't know how often you do that, but I think that's such a nice practice to get used to doing. Cause I find myself texting so much these days and there's something about actually hearing someone's voice and then just getting that human connection somehow, even if it's through a voice, but it's so deeper than just reading a message. And you kind of inspired me to do the voicemail back to you, like the voice memo. Like I normally don't do that. And I was like, (laughs) you know what? She took her time to do that for me. I was like, let me just do it back. And it sounds so silly to say that, but it's something that's out of my comfort zone. I'm not used to doing that. Um, I really appreciated that, that little small act you did of just like thanking me for doing that. And I was like, that was so sweet. I know I'm someone who like that that's like my favorite way of like communicating with people on Instagram now I feel like because um like for instance you were sharing so much of my content and a lot of the times it's so easy to just see you like sending it to your story and just like not addressing it because it like there's so many things coming in like when someone takes me in something in their story and because I'm posting like quotes and poems people are sending it to their their stories a lot which is super nice. But then I feel like I'm not addressing people who like maybe aren't sending me like a whole message about anything, but they're like always sharing my content. And so, yeah, recent, like within the last, well, I feel like during quarantine, I just started like sending people like once a week, I'll kind of go through my messages and just send people voice memos. But it's funny you say about like sending one back because sometimes I like will include in the end, like you don't have to like, I feel like people kind of panic. Like I'm like, you don't have to respond with also like respond back with a voice memo as well also because I honestly do feel like some people might be like oh my god like 
I want to respond, but I don't want to have to like talk because it is kind of like a intimidating thing to do sometimes. Or you just like to like write your thoughts out without being interrupted. And so, mm. yeah, it's, it's fun to do though. I like, I like doing that. And honestly, it, it's for like people who, who have maybe like a, more people reaching out to, to them than normal. It's like a, it's honestly like a quicker way and like very m- much more personal way. Um, and I feel like I actually get across what I'm trying to say without being like, oh, like I just sent you like five paragraphs. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. I wanted to make sure to tell you like how much I even looked back. Yeah. I was like, that was in October. I feel like like time is just flying by. Um, and this isn't on the questions I wanted to ask you either, but now that I'm thinking about it, it I'm being kind of selfish right now. I think during oh, this time I've had a lot of creative shifts, I guess, because it's been less busy, like externally, like I'm not going out as much. I don't have as many obligations. I can set more boundaries because it's not like I can go out to these public events and do all these things. Right. Kind of grateful for because I'm very much like I need my alone time. Have you felt any creative shifts or like huge, it could even be a soft pivot or a hard pivot in like what you're doing or even your writing or like the direction of your life? I, I wasn't sure if like you were feeling anything and this time as well, even though yeah. I, it sounds like you're pretty busy, but I didn't know if you had any effect if you felt any kind of effect from this whole COVID situation and quarantine? Yeah. In the beginning, I, I really did because I, I think I mentioned, but I used school prior to COVID did a lot of speaking events, like in-person speaking events. Um, whether it was like, I've done like a lot of like mom groups um, will come and have me speak, or I've done like high schools and middle schools and things like that. And so when quarantine had first started, I was like, Oh gosh, like, I had all these plans for 2020 of like, it was supposed to be like the year I go and do like the most speaking stuff. I was like, I'll take off from writing. I'm just going to focus on speaking. Um, Clearly that was not going to work. And so I um, had to pivot and really just started thinking about, okay, you know, I wrote another book, but then I was like, well, what do I, what else do I want? Um, And I honestly just started thinking more about, what can I do um, online from home and like creating stuff in that way and still kind of in my brain, but like whether it's like creating an online course um, or hosting some sort of like online speaking event, things like that, that I have not gotten around to, but now I'm kind of realizing like, well, maybe like these things I do, I don't actually have to go to, like, I don't actually have to like drive or fly or whatever, maybe I can just host it right here on the internet, especially with like the, for the time being of like, I feel like we keep getting these timelines of like when we maybe could do big events, but it's like, I feel like a big, like a big speaking event seems so far from now, just based off everything that I've really just been pivoting more to like, okay, what can I do online and how can I still continue to reach people online? Um, And two, I think I've just gotten too comfortable, like being in my home. (laughs) I'm like, I like really like it. Although I wasn't like a really big go out person anyways. Um, But now I feel like I've just gotten like so comfortable with the idea of staying in my house in the quiet. Because it's funny at the beginning of the year last year, we moved to like busy downtown near downtown of Minneapolis. And um, now I'm like, yep, I could live in the country. on like a (laughs) on like with like a swing on the porch or something like that. Like that's really resonating with me more. the living and like the hustle and bustle. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Like uh, teaching at home like this to me is like 
the best situation ever because I get to see Lucille and I get to have slower mornings. I'm not on the road at like 545. It's just completely made me appreciate and realize like what's truly important. And then the stuff that I was doing, because that's sometimes that came with it, but I'm kind of excited for the huge shift and like what's going to change and what's going to stay as is even with people Mm -hmm. and the way they, they work and even the living situation. Um, that's so funny. So you said you live in downtown Minneapolis or? Um, I live, I live just on the outskirts. Okay. Um, I've never been. (laughs) Yeah. So like, it's just like, it would be considered like South Minneapolis. Um, And then like, we're looking to buy a house and our lease was up. So my boyfriend's mom had just built a house and she was like, so gracious enough to let us come stay here while we try to find a house to buy. Cause we didn't really want to lock into another lease. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, it like worked out. It just worked out perfectly um, where we can now like search for a house without being like rushed to find something. That's (laughs) a process. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, let me see if I can get back on track. I'm just so like, I could just go on for hours just talking with you more about <laughs> other things that I'm like selfishly. Um, oh no, you're fine. <laughs> well, I feel like, like for me, like, I, I guess I want to know is what constantly is fueling you to keep going and just mm-hmm. motivate you to stay open and positive to change and grow. Um, for me, it's usually like reading things like you, like what you put out there, like positive quotes. I listen to podcasts. Um, just seeking people that I can follow that I know will motivate me. Is there anything in particular that really, really helps you keep going and have that open and growth mindset that like, it's all right. Even when you have challenges, like to keep going. Yeah. I think honestly, just reading into other people's stories and being inspired by what they've gone through and what they're doing and how they got there. Um, again, like going back to what you said about social media, as much as it's like, sometimes it's like, Oh, like this is a lot. It's like heavy to show up on social media sometimes. Um, it's also like such a great place to kind of just see like people's like daily habits or routines or like what they do to have like a successful day. And, um, yeah, so I kind of just honestly go off of like what I see on there. And then I'm like, okay, like how could I apply this to my life or how could I, you know, show up better as an author? What am I not like knowing as an author? I listen to a lot of like author podcasts, like a lot (laughs) about like just their stories and how they got to where they are. It just really interests me and motivates me um, to, you know, just hearing people's journeys in general is always motivating Um, because some people like it takes forever for them to reach a point of success or what they view as their point of success. Some people it's like so quick. And so for me, I'm just always inspired by hearing what others have to say about their lives and their stories. Same. I feel like people just like, don't realize how unique their own story is. Like everyone's story is so different. So I don't know, even if you think your life is boring. Completely agree. That's why I love doing this because it's, I think I was asking someone to get on the podcast and they're thinking like, well, what do you like, why do you want to talk to me? I'm like, I don't think you realize that like, right. you're it's so boring, you know, like everyone's right. so different, but like to really own it and just like, I think once you like get it out or you write it out, I remember when I was first starting like my side hustle um, with just right now it's like with food, but I can find, I feel myself branching off into like more lifestyle things just because, you know, food is awesome for me, but it's like, I feel like a drive for something else, something bigger. Yeah. But when I first did it, 
you know, um, I hired a business coach and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And the first thing that she had you do was like write out your story and really think about the things that pivot you to make that decision. And I never had reflected back on my life and actually wrote out, you know, where I started and why I decided to change or what happened in that moment that my mind was like, like, I don't want this anymore. Like I want it, I want this direction instead. So it's really fascinating when you actually dissect your life and go back and think about your story. I think that's been my favorite part of starting an own business is on your about me page. Like you really have to think about your story to share with others because that's how people connect with you on an emotional level. And if more people would do that, even if they like, they didn't want to be an entrepreneur, I think it's so valuable of just like thinking about what your life looks like in an aerial view and like right. what made you do certain things. I don't know. I just, it's fascinating to me also stories. Yeah. Same. Okay. Um, all right. So I think I already heard a lot about your support system with your, your boyfriend. Is there any other support system that you have, whether that sounds like you have quite a support system with your home situation? Like, you know, I didn't yeah. know what that looked like. If you have a community that you belong to that, um, I don't know, motivates, motivates you to keep going or be uplifted. I know there's lots of things out there now. Um, so is there anything else that we miss that like really supports you through your process? Um, um, I have just really started to make friends that kind of like fit more than like one area of my life. I feel like a lot of the new friends um, that we've been making also are entrepreneurs or also have small businesses. And so it's just fun to like get together where it's like, we're going to have some friends over tonight outside for just a bonfire. And um, it's going to be like, they own their own business. And it's just fun to like have people come over, but you like talk about like cool things or like what's going on in your business and like what do you guys do or like what are your strategies or you know what's your day look like it's always just so interesting to me and so we've been really working on just creating like meaningful friendships um over the last year and really just like having people that like in our life that we're really inspired by and hopefully we also inspire and um, where we leave like the conversations and the night like motivated rather than like drained um that's always like so much fun for me is like when I'm like I need to go like work and like get some stuff done because like this is awesome (laughs) versus like being like oh my god like I need to like go like sit on the couch and like decompress for two days so yeah yes 100% agree I think that's why like when we first started the podcast, it was more like Nick and I, as my husband, we were just kind of like, we talked to each other a lot, which is almost like therapy for us. So I'm like, so grateful yeah. that most of our conversations are just with us because it forces us to reflect on our week. What lessons do we learn? Um, but then when we started reaching out, I was like, the podcast is a platform that like, it means it's okay for me to reach out to complete strangers and be like, Hey, do you want to talk? And not sounding like super creepy. Like it's like, Oh, well I have a podcast, so I'm kind of legit. So you right. know. I have a reason for wanting to talk to you. <laughs> and I didn't think that was going to be, I, I honestly started interviews because I thought that was the thing you do with podcasts, you interview people. And then once I started doing it, I was like, I like this, but I don't want to do it too much just because it is, it takes a lot of energy to connect with one person. And like, you know, I want to mm-hmm. take my time and do like, more depth versus, you know, um, quantity of you know interviews. Mm-hmm. And so I love that I can like sprinkle in people that I'm like, really want to reach out to and talk to. Um, and I love that the platform, like that this gives me that kind of, a, I don't know, it, it looks less weird if I do it. Um, I don't know how many people will be like, yeah, you can come see me and talk, even though you're not recording anything. <laughs> like, I don't know how many people right. will be like, yeah, that sounds cool. But, um, 
probably some old people like sitting at McDonald's with their coffee. <laughs> That's what I picture. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Tell me your life story. Sir. Right. They're like more than happy to be on a podcast. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But I agree That's about awesome. the relationships about just people like lighting you up and you can feel the difference again. How do you yeah. want your life to feel? I think right. having the right people yeah. around you that motivate you. Um, to take action versus be like, yeah, that was cool. Let's not do this. Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, yeah. We'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess right now in this season of life, like what things are you valuing the most at this time? Mm. Um, I would just say quality time and really getting to, I mean, I just have like this unusual amount of time to like devote to like myself and like working on myself. Um, whereas typically I feel like like most people like weekends are usually really packed with like things to do. And then the work week is, you know, working. Um, but I've just really been focusing on like, okay, like what do like, what are some things that like I wanted to do and haven't done? <clears throat> what are some interests I have that I haven't focused on? Um, one of those being like, I just recently bought a pair of figure skates and I used to figure skate and I was like I'm gonna start figure skating again why not haven't gone yet need to do that but it's just like things like that where I just feel like I'm focusing more on like things that I want and like versus other years it's like oh I'll get to that you know because I keep telling myself it's like I'm not getting to it now within this past like nine months of like kind of being forced to you know, spend more time with yourself, then I don't know when the heck I'm going to ever do it. So true. Honestly. <laughs> That's funny that you say ice skates. Cause I've been wanting to buy roller skates again, because I used to go to the roller rink as a kid all the time. And anytime I hear like nineties R and B, I'm like, Oh, can you imagine like, <laughs> rink, like bouncing? Cause right. Uh, my husband is four years older than me, but he used to be like at the roller rink. Like it was his business, like picking up oh the chicks and he could skate backwards and I could never do the skate backwards. But when I mastered like the crossover, I felt like real cool. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> right. But like, if I see somebody on roller skates or a pair of roller blades, I'm like, how freeing is that? Like right. you know, being on a bike is cool, but it's like to get back on the ground and like control it. Like, yeah. um, but you're right. Like if you, if you're not doing it now, like when is the time, you know? Right. Mm. I, yes. Even like I keep saying that with like books I have, I'm like, if you're not reading these books now, you need to just get rid of them because when are you going to read them, girl? <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, and this was a question that I'm glad came up on here and reminded me because I was just wondering like what your work week looks like. So I guess for a typical day for you, like what does that look like as far as like your routines, your habits, self-care? Because I know since you do work for yourself, it may be a little bit different and you have more flexibility. So I'm so fascinated by that. Yeah, so uh, typically I try to wake up at like 5 a.m. every day, um, mostly because I have a dog that will also wake me up if I don't wake up. So I usually get up about five, um, make coffee, and then I'm really like into like, I like listen to music and kind of like zone out. Like I go to like a different world where I like almost like use it as a method of like visual visualization. Um, I was trying to describe it to someone, but I was like, I almost am trying to like play out like movie previews in my head, like highlight reels, you know, like, okay, like this is what I want. And I'm going to see it from like start to finish, like in a quick amount of time. And like, I'll just visualize that. Um, I'm just very big into vis visualization. So I spend a lot of time doing that in the morning. And then, um, honestly, every day is kind of different. I don't have like a, like 
this is what happens every single day, mostly because when you're, I feel like as a creative, your job isn't like a, okay, this is the same to-do to do list every single day. Um, but I'll either work on Instagram content or responding to messages, responding to emails. Um, lately, I've actually been really blessed with the opportunity to work with a couple of brands on like some brand deals. And so that's something that's been new to me over the last year yeah. with just getting the opportunity to partner with brands and and share their content that aligns with me. And so that's also something that I've been spending time on. Um, and then, like I said, we have our furniture flipping business that now takes up, or I shouldn't say takes up our time, but I, I allow it to have more time in, in my life now. And it's super fun. And it's honestly inspired me to like, I've already like come up with this whole idea of like what I'm going to do with it in the future, but um, I'll work on that a little bit. And then, yeah, honestly, it's just, a lot of writing right now, at least in my life, it's a lot of writing um, because I'm trying to get a book out soon. But yeah, every day is just so different. But those are like some of the things I would do. And when and, and on a normal year, typically prepping like speaking content, I do a lot of that. Um, and now I'm starting to get into like, I'm going to be getting into like YouTube content. So learning about how to like produce that and I mean, I have to because we've invested like way too much money at this point to not commit, <laughs> to not follow through. We have like all the gear. So like lighting stuff and lighting, a microphone, a camera, yeah, just about everything you need to like get the show going. So I need to get the show going essentially. I mean, yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it. Like I said, I wish I had like a, this is like structured, like what no. I do, but every single day is honestly so different I, but my mornings are usually consistent with like the coffee and the visualization and then from there it's like we'll just see where the day the day goes I'm uh definitely a coffee snob over here like once we started grinding our own beans and we heard the science behind like how stale it can go like as soon as they grind it oh. I was like oh no like we need a grinder so oh, now I'm like I did not know that oh my gosh um we went into one coffee shop and they told us that I forgot how many hours are like, as soon as you grind the bean, like you lose the flavor, like, like it's slowly like coming out of the beans. Like once I, I and I, there's specific times and days, but it happens really fast. And I was just so fascinated by that, that ever since then we're like, all right, we're getting a coffee grinder. We buy whole beans now. And now it's like second right. they're like, that's how we make coffee. But in the beginning it was <laughs> oh like, I feel God. really fancy. Now it's like, oh, that that's just how you make coffee. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. And here I am probably drinking very stale coffee. <laughs> I mean, it is, there's times where we have to drink it. And I feel like so weird saying like, uh, like I'm so used to like the fresh ground. Like I really sound right. like, uh, but I'm okay with that because it's hard. It's like once you f you find something that's amazing, it's like, it's hard right. to go back to the the other way you're doing it. Uh, right. Yeah. Try it yeah, out. See if you taste the difference. I don't know. You may not. Uh, right. Like This is exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right. So I know we're coming to the end and I heard a lot of exciting things that you're working on. So I guess, what are you currently working on now that you're enthusiastic about? Um, I did notice on your website that you have some clothing stuff coming. Possibly. Oh, I don't know if that's still in the works. <laughs> no. or not, like, Yes, that was in, um, at the, in late fall, I had a collaboration with the company for a shirt. 
which thank you for reminding me because apparently I need to take that tab down. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like a two week campaign that I did with them where we released a shirt with one of my poems on it. Oh, that's so um, cool. And it was super fun. But yeah, it was just like a two week little like thing just to kind of see like what people thought of it, I guess. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, in the works, I have my new book that's going to come out. Um, soon I don't have like an exact date but just early this year um it's called the moon will shine for us too and it is a sequel to the sun will rise and so will we so it's kind of like a continuation but also um I mean it's its own book but it it it, it kind of hits on some more like heavier and deeper poetry versus um I feel like the sun will rise and so will we was like kind of like lighter and encouraging um and this one still is but definitely hitting more on like the realities of like what it's like when you think you know when you didn't really think the the light at the end of the tunnel would take this long to get to it's mm. kind of like the overall theme um where it's like okay like I thought I'd only be going through this for a little while and now it's like this is taking way longer than I thought and I'm not sure when it's ending kind of the theme of the whole like you know pandemic that's going on and so, yeah, I'm working on that. Um, yeah, and just having like a few other collaborations going on. Um, but for the most part, I'm just trying to get this book out. And then from there, I'll see where the year takes me. Yay. <laughs> Hopefully can do some speaking, maybe towards the end of the year. Um, that would be awesome because I just, I that's part of one part that I really enjoyed doing. Um, it was like, honestly, my favorite thing really yeah I really love it and so I do miss it and I also feel like I'm gonna have to like work back into it because it's been so long where I'm gonna have to like remind myself how to get up there and speak in front of people <laughs> especially when you haven't been able to see like a ton of people lately um are the topics that you speak about do they vary or is it all usually about the same the same speech, I don't want to say speech, but like the same conversation that you give to, and I'm sorry, I'm running over yeah. an hour. I'm like, just no, 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 that's totally fine. Um, no, they just kind of, they vary. So for instance, like there's sometimes where I go and I will speak about like how to self-publish. So like there's mm. that chunk of it and like talking about like how to, you know, successfully do it, what it looks like and all of those things. And then there's like the part where I will go and like talk about, you know, more in depth about like my books, like mental health, body positivity, things like that. Um, and just kind of intertwine like my poetry that I write with like my speaking and kind of deep dive into that. And um, like I'll, I'll do like a lot of exercises with the people where they're like writing down things and having conversation with one another and things like that. And so, um, yeah, usually they're on more of like a smaller scale. I mean, probably like 50 people. It's not like I'm speaking to, you know, <laughs> 50,000 people or anything like arenas, but yeah just kind of doing things like that and it's it's so fun and I had only recently gotten into it like within the last couple of years so it was something still pretty new to me um and I had just gotten to the point where I was like oh this is awesome um and now it's like haven't been able to do it for a little bit so I am hoping that I can do that again is this the speaking aspect something that you sought out and were like hey I could speak about that or is it something that someone was like hey would you be open I guess it was something that you wanted to do or is something that someone like yeah. approached you and were like kind of tugged you to do it yeah someone approached me and then from there I was kind of like oh maybe this does make sense to do um 
I was someone in school where I was like always scared to go up and like speak. Like when you had to do like a speech in class, I would like have anxiety about it for like three weeks. So the fact that I now like go and do this for fun, it just doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, I typically, yeah. So pretty much now I'll just like, I love it. I'll just go and do it for the fun of it now. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm the same way. I was very um, scared about public speaking and now I have a podcast and now Nick's like, well, let's do it. YouTube. Like, let's get on the video. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be recorded. Like usually I'm in my pajamas or I got a towel around my head. But he's like, people resonate with that. I was like, all right, maybe, you know. um, Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You should though. I think you should. You might be the little nudge to like, he's like go time. He's like, I can buy the equipment. And he's like you, like, he's like, I can get the lighting. I can get this. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm, if you buy the equipment, that's like, we have to do it because we've invested right. it already. So maybe yeah. that's the motivation we need just to buy the stuff and be like, well, now we have to. So. Right. That's <laughs> kind of what we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this may be easier, hard for you since you are a writer. Um, what's one quote that really resonates <laughs> with you in this season of life? Oh man. It's so funny. Cause when I was reading that, I was like, gosh, like, is this like going against myself to like, share someone else's quote like but it's totally not it's just like well and I like I don't even have a favorite quote of mine to be honest like I wouldn't be able to pick out one and be like this one motivates me um but when I was thinking about this question I was kind of just thinking more of like a phrase that I always think about or and I'm encouraged by and I don't know who said it and it's not anything like crazy but I just always will like remind myself like okay throughout the day or or in certain situations I'm just always like okay like how would you approach this if like you weren't if you didn't have like any fear if like fear was like non-existence um what would your approach be to this because I'm someone who's like a pretty like I've gotten better but typically like a pretty anxious person or fearful person or like tend to go to like worst case scenario and so in the past if someone asked me to do something or um, be a part of something, I would instantly start thinking of like, oh gosh, like why shouldn't I do that? Or like, why, what would be a reason like that this isn't a good idea? Because I just go to like a, almost like a, just like a fear-based mindset. Like if someone tells me like something like that they want to do and I'm like, oh gosh, like, oh, let me think about that for a while. And like, I just don't, I personally don't like doing that or having that feeling. And so I try to remind myself of that phrase often um, just to like give me that push to like say yes to things more and do more things and not just limit myself based out of like something I've created in my mind that might not even happen or probably won't happen, but like I've just come up with the scenario. So, yeah. That's great. It's, it's almost, I think that's watching Lucille grow. She's so like, she, she's not, she doesn't know much about the world. So it's like, what would my five, like, what would a two-year-old do in this scenario? Pretty much like they have no concept of time or fear. It's just like, they just go for it and they don't think about the consequences. So she like motivates me to, like you said, get out of that fearful mindset and be like, what do I have to lose? Like, why not? You know, it's so crazy how like your mind can just stifle so much growth and, you know, so much cool things that could end your life just because we create these scenarios, like you said, of worst case, um, so I love that a lot. That's cool. Like what would, if I had no fear, what would I do? I like that a lot. Yeah. It's like your own little mantra. I think you would. 
Yeah, I was just thinking today, I'm going to like draw it up on my iPad and put it as like my screensaver or something. I'm sure so many people can resonate that, resonate with it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Love it so much. Okay. So um, at the end of every episode, we always like to leave some type of like small actionable tip um, and regarding the topic we're talking about. So I guess with this whole beautiful conversation about your life and just what you've been, if you could been through, if you could give one actionable tip for just our listeners, just to live a more intentional and happier life, you know, what would that be? Yeah, I would say to live a more intentional and happy life, really um, just going like deep within yourself and figuring out, you know, what do you truly want out of life and what are you really interested in and not being persuaded by any sort of like, you know, society standards or, you know, what maybe someone in your life thinks you should be doing. Um, I think it's just like, to me, it's like, I see people that have so much potential and have so much like to offer and they're just not really doing anything with it. And it's, and, and nine times out of 10, it's because someone a either told them that like, that's a bad idea or they're terrible or something I hear a lot from people who like reach out to me is saying things like, well, I don't know if I should write a book or I don't know if I should publish a poetry book because so many other people are doing it. And the idea that there's just already like space taken up and like, you don't fit in that. And really it's like, well, like one of the things I always tell them is like, okay, but like, when do you find yourself ever reading just one book, you know? And when do you find yourself like only listening to, you know, one podcast or buying one painting? So yeah, that's kind of, that would be my best advice. I think that's so good. I mean, I completely agree. Like you think that it's, you feel like there's, like you said, not enough space for you. And, but then I, I remember I heard something else too. Like, you know, your voice is different than everybody else's voice. Like one mm -hmm. person may not resonate with the way they are speaking because it might sound, you know, too harsh or abrasive, but you know, the way you speak may resonate with someone else who, you know, can vibe with that. So I, that kind of helped me as well. Just realize that, you know, there might be a lot of people doing the same thing you're doing, but it's not your voice. It's not you. Right. Um, right. Love it so, so much. See, talking with you, like you are the reason having conversations with people, like you are the reason that helps me keep going and take more risks and, you know, stop worrying about all the fear. So this has been so, so enlightening for me. I, I am so, I wish I could have like three hours with you, but I know, <laughs> you know, well, we can always chat after <laughs> when it's um, not or when it's not on the time <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> or have more conversations in yes. the future well i'll have to do like a part two later about like where you are now because i know obviously life is going to change and you might be on a different project yeah. or you might be like knee deep in like youtube work and i'm like oh man like i gotta yeah. find out what's going on <laughs> yeah, definitely i would love that yeah uh, so before you leave where can others connect with you and just find you if they're looking um just to keep this positive vibe going. Yeah. Um, I hang out on Instagram a lot. So my Instagram is just my name at Janae Cecilia. Um, I have, you can always email me. Emailing me works really well because like at least he's categorized and like doesn't get lost. Instagram sometimes is like things delete or disappear. Or I don't know. It gets weird. So like, I can't always guarantee that I see things. Um, but my email is just, Janae Cecilia at 
gmail.com. Um, I have a website, JanaeCecilia.com. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are like the places I hang out the most and you can like find the updates the quickest about what's going on. Yes. And if you're like me, you're always like reposting your quotes all the time. Cause I'm like, yes, maybe <laughs> this inspired me today. Maybe I can help inspire someone else. So thank yeah, you. For, oh, thank you for doing that. It's it's so beautiful. Thank you for all the work you've been doing and just spreading into the world. And I'm so glad that you like that you published your first book. I'm so happy that you're here doing this work. Like, I'm glad you didn't give up because then I would never be here talking to you. So it's just, uh, thank, thank you so you. much. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. And thank you for having me on. This was this was awesome. All right, folks, that's going to do it for our interview with Janae. We hope that you really enjoyed this episode and were inspired by her words. And if you like this episode, please do us a favor and help us spread the message. You can do this by writing a review or simply by sharing this episode with a friend. And remember, sharing sparks a conversation. Conversation leads to action. And action is how we're able to live a happy and intentional as hell lifestyle. We want to thank you all for listening today, and we will see you again next week. Stay inspired, y'all.